Our gospel lesson, gospel according to Luke, the fourth chapter, verses 14 through 21. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to, get to Galilee, and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. Jesus went to Nazareth, where he had been raised. On the Sabbath, he went to the synagogue, as he normally did, and stood up to read. The synagogue assistant gave him the scroll from the prophet Isaiah. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the prisoners, and recovery of sight to the blind, to liberate the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the synagogue assistant, and sat down. Every eye in the synagogue was fixed on him. He began to explain to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled, just as you heard it. It's the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This is Jesus' first sermon in his home synagogue, if you will. He has come back to Nazareth to the people who knew him when, after being baptized, after being tempted in the desert. And he gets the scroll of Isaiah. And he gets this prophecy that really was a, a messianic prophecy. It was a prophecy about the Messiah and what wonderful things the Messiah was going to do. And then he sits down and says, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, that's the Messiah and I'm it. And they don't realize it at first what he's really saying, but once they do, if you read a little farther in this chapter, they get really, really angry. And they do their best to stone Jesus. There, there were two ways that you could stone somebody in ancient times. You could have them stand there and throw rocks at them and stone them that way. Or you could take the person and throw them down onto rocks, which is what they tried to do to Jesus. They couldn't hear the good news because all they could see was Joseph's son, the carpenter, from Nazareth. They, they couldn't see what else he might be. They also had a problem because the understanding of the Messiah had been pretty clear for centuries. The Messiah was going to be an earthly ruler who was going to overthrow whatever the oppressing power was whether that was the Persians, the Greeks, and now the Romans. And so that's what kind of Messiah they were looking for. They wanted a mighty warrior. They didn't want some no-name rabbi from Nazareth. In one of the other Gospels, Philip goes to Nathaniel and tells him that he's found the Messiah, and that he's from Nazareth, and Nathaniel's response is, can anything good come out of Nazareth? I mean, come on. You know, they're... This doesn't sound like good news. You know, it, it sounds like a mistake. It sounds like a divine fluke. But it doesn't sound like good news to the people. And isn't that the case with the way God works? That so often things that are really good news really look like bad news to start with. We talked at Bible study last week about Joseph. We were explaining how the Israelites got to Egypt in order for Moses to be bringing them out. 
And Joseph admittedly was a spoiled brat when he was little. He was his dad's favorite son, and he knew it, and he liked it. And he would tell him, he would have dreams where his brothers would be bowing down to him. And he had so much arrogance and so little common sense that he would tell his brothers, hey, guess what I dreamed last night? I dreamed you're going to bow down to me one day. And the brothers were obviously not impressed. The brothers kidnap Joseph, throw him in a well, sell him off to traders. He winds up in Egypt. And he makes a name for himself in Egypt. He, he actually does quite well there. So the bad news of being sold into slavery winds up being the good news of he, he's making a name for himself in Egypt. Until he meets Potiphar's wife. Then we have bad news again. Potiphar's wife wants to seduce Joseph. Joseph refuses to be seduced. She cries rape. He winds up in prison. Bad news again. But because he's in prison, he's there with the cupbearer and the baker for the pharaoh. And because he's in that particular spot at that particular time, he's able to interpret their dreams and interprets them correctly. And eventually, he winds up in a position when the pharaoh starts having strange dreams. Joseph is the one person who has the key to unlock the dreams. He's the one that can interpret the dreams. Fast forward, Joseph's out of prison. He's now the, the Pharaoh's right-hand man. And here come his brothers needing help, looking for food. And Joseph puts them through a, a certain amount of rigmarole. Joseph hasn't forgotten anything, but he does give them food. And he eventually is reunited with his brothers and his dad and his little brother, who is his one full-blooded sibling. And he, when, the, when the brothers apologize to him for what they've put him through, he says, you know what? You meant it for bad, but God meant it for good. Because of what you did, God had me in the right place at the right time where I was able to save y'all's lives. The bad news became good news. Joseph wouldn't have been in a position to help his family had they not thrown him into prison. Now, does that mean it was okay that they sold him into slavery? No, it doesn't. But it's a way, but what I'm saying is that God can take even the bad things in our lives and bring good out of them. When I was 17, we moved from Albuquerque to Auburn, Alabama. I would have told you, and I would tell anybody who would listen at the time, that my life was over. I didn't want to move. It was the summer before my senior year of high school. I had done kindergarten through my junior year of high school in one school system. I was happy. I was making good grades. And my parents said, we're moving. And I said, what? <laughs> I, I joke now that I only stayed mad at them for three years. Um, because it, se it seemed like terrible news. I I'm going from this big city where I've got orchestra. Um, I'm taking French. And to this little podunk town, which I realize if you follow SEC football, it's not a podunk town. But from my perspective as a 17-year-old, it was a podunk town with no orchestra, because if you can't march with it on a football field, it doesn't count as an instrument. And, and no, you know, the, the, they didn't have French at the level that I was ready to, to take it at, at at my old school. And just one disappointment after another, it just seemed like a bunch of bad news. 
I was going to be miserable. I was going to have a horrible senior year. I actually had a pretty decent senior year. My parents did one thing right. They got us involved in the Methodist Church in Auburn. And I met other kids in the youth group. And I made friends. And I actually had a pretty good time there. And because I was there, I went to college in Montgomery. I went to seminary in Atlanta. I met Maggie and Mary Ruth's dad. And out of the, the bad news of Albuquerque, I've got these beautiful daughters that I wouldn't have. I would not have those daughters had I not moved. And so, see, God can take the, the, what we think of as being bad news in our lives and can use it to bring good out. And so Jesus comes to us this morning saying, hey, I am here. I'm going to turn the world on its head. You're going to see the lame walk. You're going to see the blind see. You're going to see the poor being satisfied. And I'm going to do all of this in God's power. And the crowd wasn't ready to hear it yet. The crowd got mad. The crowd decides to try to stone Jesus. But Jesus had the last word. They got him up on the top of the cliff. And he turned around and walked right through the middle of them. And went on his way. He didn't try to preach in Nazareth anymore. But he went to other places, spreading the gospel, working miracles, saving lives, turning people around. And what seemed like bad news that day has become good news because Jesus went to the cross for us and died and was resurrected. And because of that, we have the hope of salvation, of eternal life with him. And that's the best good news any of us gets. That's as good as the good news gets, that we will be in heaven with God, that he came to save us. And so today, if things don't go your way, or if you see the news on the TV and it starts to get you down, remember that God's still active. God hadn't given up on any of us. God's still working. And be thankful for what God is doing. And maybe even see if there's something that you can do to bring a little good news to someone else. Maybe you can make a phone call. Or bring a dish. Or write a card. And let somebody know that Jesus loves them. And that there's good news even in what seems like the most difficult times. That God loves us and God is still with us. Amen.